All right, so we're going to spend some time uh, uh, getting into we We spent some weeks talking about entering in, entering into God's presence, and what happens when you enter into God's presence if you do it right. Remember we talked about not visiting his presence, but living in his presence. And we said if we do that right, that, that uh, we'll be changed into another man, right? So let's go to... Uh, Let's uh, spend some time here with, because uh, our topic today is another man. And again, our topic today is another man. But again, remember, uh, when God created man as a whole, now there was some different designations, woman and stuff like that. Uh, it's male and female created he them, right? So when you see man and we're talking about another man, we're talking about another man of God, another woman of God, not just uh a male, all right? All right, so so again, when we're talking about another man, we're talking about another male and another female at a whole nother level. So we'll start here. I, I think I wanted to go to 1 Samuel, uh, but I think I'm going to wait. Let's just go to Genesis 1. Let's start here in Genesis 1. Again, we're talking about another man. We're talking about another man, another male and female. And I was having a conversation, go, let's go to Genesis 1, and I was having a conversation with, uh, we were at the studio today, uh, and actually we didn't even do any recording today. <laughs> we was at the studio for two hours, but we spent time talking to the, uh, the guy that's, uh, uh, that's been helping us. Uh, actually, he's donating his time. Uh, we had paid for time uh, well, basically, I had gifted Pastor Mel some time to 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 do a studio. I took every gift I had gotten for like a whole year, saved it up, and so she could uh, have studio time. But we were so busy, it expired because it was a uh, it's a program where where they have uh, uh, students, and it's a was it it's a what do you call it a granted program. So if you don't use the time, you lose the time, which I didn't know. Um, so I just got a call from the guy. He says, well, you know, your time is up. I said, wow, I didn't know. He said, well, no, don't worry about it. He says, uh, I'll look out for you. I'll extend the, your expiration date. Well, we went past that time, too. <laughs> yeah, it was 10 hours. And we used that time up, too. So he said, listen, God told me she needs to do this project. She should have been doing it a long time ago. So I'm going to give you my time and so so I said well how much time are you giving us he says however long it takes for her to do the project right so 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 he's been favoring us time well today we had two hours we spent that time ministering to him but we were talking about how you have uh, our life is is wrapped up in levels so you get to a level and you maximize that level but then there's another level but if you stay at that level too long, you're going to start to feel uh, uh, frustrated. You're going to start to feel empty. You, you'd be tempted to feel depressed because you're hanging around a level that you were supposed to elevate out of, right? So when you first got to that level, it had everything it, it needed to, to sustain you, sort of like the baby in the womb. The baby gets into a womb. That's a new level for the child, right? You come from heaven, they're in the womb. But that's only 40 weeks. That's not forever. 14, not forever, right? But, but if they stay in there too long, the mother and the child could die, right? 
because those resources only design, designed to sustain that child at that level. Now they got to break out of that level, and it's, 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 it costs something. Child is comfortable. They ain't trying to get out. And the mom has now got used to the child, even though she wants the child out, she don't want to deal with the pain that it takes to birth the child. So it's like, can we do this another way? No, you can't do it another way. It costs something to go to another level, right? Right? So, so we were talking, I was talking to the, 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 the guy, and the Holy Spirit said, it's like a rocket ship. Well, the rocket ships, you ever see them? They, they, they're huge, right? They're huge. But they go to one level of atmosphere, and they have what it needs. But what, what they could carry into that level, they can't carry to the next level. So they have to shut off something. Then to break into that level of atmosphere. So they hang around there for a while, right? Going at the, you know, light speed and stuff like that. Then they got to shed off some more. You ever notice that when the, when the rocket comes back, it comes back as a capsule. <laughs> but it, it, it left as a rocket. But it couldn't carry all that weight to every level. So some, some things that you've been sustaining at certain levels, you can't carry to the next level because God is constantly transforming us evolving us into new levels. And so you think, what's wrong with me? Why, why do I feel so funky? Why do I feel depressed? Uh, at times, why am I sensing I'm feeling a little hopeless? Not because something's wrong with you, God is trying to get you to another level, right? But your flesh wants to do what? Just stay where it's always been. Right. So 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 keep that in mind as God is trying to take us to new levels. Now, the interesting thing about it, even when you're prompted to go to another level, you're prompted to go someplace you haven't been, do something you haven't done. And it's going to pull on you because it's uncertain. It takes faith. You have not been there before. Right. Like like and, and you notice how in our in our lives. See, God has a time to. to uh, to everything, there's a season, what? And there's a time to every purpose. So there's a time for you to leave this level and go to the next level, right? But sometimes we can get so caught up and so busy in circumstances or, or whatever, or chilling or whatever the case may be, that we're interrupted when God wants us to go to the next level. But if we know that it's always time for us to go to a level, we go to a level, we enjoy it, and we anticipate, well, you know I'm going to have to go to the next level. So we're almost looking for the next level. That's when we're keeping momentum. When we get complacent, we're not looking for the less, next level. It comes almost like a, uh, almost like a, uh, and, and I don't want to call it an accident, but you know, like, a car comes out of nowhere. I was watching the movie. The person was driving. They thought they got away, and a pickup truck came out of nowhere, right? right? So, but it hits you like that, right? And that, that's, that's trauma. That can shock you. Uh, when, when, a, when a pickup truck literally hit me on my driver's side, glass flying everywhere, they said, don't move because you're probably in shock. Because it wasn't like I was like, oh, that's a nice pickup truck. It should impact T minus. no. I'm turning, bam, glass flying, and I was just, I was just like this in a car, right? It's a shock. So what happens is when God's trying to take you to the next level, it could be a shock. 
And the one thing about shock, which I've experienced shock too, <laughs> I fell and bust my head uh, at uh, Rice State University. There's a new gym, and you know they had a smooth cement. They, they, they sanded it out, and it's real smooth. So I came out of the shower, and I slid from the shower to the urinals. And I was like, Shh, I almost fell. And the next second, bam, I hit the ground, and uh, I, my, I started losing my sight. I was so afraid, I start rushing to put my stuff on because I was like, don't nobody know I'm in here. You know, I could die. <laughs> so I'm trying to find my sister, my sister Diane, she was in grad school there, but I was, I was, I was going blur because I was traumatized. The shock caused me to lose vision. That's what happens a lot of times when we're interrupted when God wants to take us to the next level. We, we, it creates trauma and, and things get blurry. It doesn't look clear. It's like we're seeing in part. You, something is giving us an unction and saying, Sammy Harris, I'm trying to take you to another level. Like, like, but you got to let go of some stuff to get to that next level. You can't take what you brought into this level to the next level. You have to lay aside every weight and the sinners so easily beset you. So you got to let that go, even though you got to let the insecurity go. You got to let the fears go, right? You got to let the lust go. Whatever, whatever the level is for you, you got to let some of that stuff go. It, you you might have been able to survive at this level, but you won't be able to handle the next level carrying that weight, right? So 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 to release you to the next level, you we got we, what we got to let some things go, right? I right, so so and this is what God is trying to do. He's trying to take it to another level, and I know it's uncertain. And when you when it's uncertain, it's it could be scary, right? Because I ain't been there before. You take on a new job, and you're excited because you get more money. But when you deal with the reality of the responsibility, be like, whoa! I, I I was at the last church. I got a new position. They came in, new structure. Keith, you're gonna be doing all of this now. And so I said, okay, this is different. You know, we had just started the, what I was doing. And then this statement was, was made right after you'll be doing all this. Now, you're still going to be doing what you were doing before. What I was doing before, I couldn't see no extra time to do nothing else. Now I was given not, not something, here, you got this one other thing to do. I was given these new 10 things to do. I went in my office. It was, it was a nice-looking promotion. When I went in my office, I sat down in the dark. And somebody came by my office and said, Keith, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just thinking through some stuff. You know what I was thinking through? How is this going to happen? How am I going to do this? How is this even possible? Uncertainty, right? All right, so, so stay with me here. We're talking about another man, and I was just kind of getting us prepared. Let's go to Genesis. Um, uh, Genesis, of course, Genesis 1, 1. Genesis 1, 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And just, we, we talk about that, how they're together, but just the fact that heaven and earth is together means that there's earthly stuff that, you know, limits, tangible. Look, this podium I can touch and feel, this ground I'm standing on, like all that's earthly. But the heavenly stuff is more uncertain. You know, it's more, wow, it's more wow. We could just say more wow, right? More wonder. Right? We call it wonders for a reason. Like, I wonder how that even is possible. Right? So God created, I wonder how that is even possible and what's possible at the same time. 
All right? Heavenly, I wonder how that's even possible. And, oh, I know exactly how they did that. Right? Make sense? And then you drop down here to verse 26. So God said, let there be light. God said all that. And then uh, verse 26. And God said, now the key here is, there's a lot of plurals here, so don't, 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 you know, let's, let's go back to our English, singular and plural. Let us, us would be plural, right? It says, let us make man in our, our would be plural, right? In our image and after what? Our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the fowl, the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man... And what you don't realize, man is a plural, because that's including every male and female, right? Created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Look, that's why I'm telling you male is male and female. Male and female created he them. So underneath man is always male and female created he them, right? So, and God, look, look, look remember we talked about this from uh, Sunday. And God blessed them right after he created. Every time he created something, he blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of sea, over the fowl of the air, over everything that moves upon the earth. Now, so, so what I want to bring out here, because we're talking about another man. God created man, but he said after, after he created heaven and earth, and he spoke things into existence that had never existed, right? Let there be light. Let there be a firmament. Let there be this. Then he said, let us. Let us. So, so God was a part of a team. Now, keep that in mind. God was what? A part of a team. It's going to make sense to you later. He was a part of a team, right? And he said, let us make man in our image. Well, what was his image like? Creative. Not he didn't mimic nothing. They didn't copy nothing. When God, look, the Bible said God steps out. He says, uh, uh, what is it? Genesis, Genesis, uh, Genesis 1, verse 2. It says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, right? So Genesis 2, look, it says, the earth was without form and darkness. So God looked at the earth because he had between him creating earth and, and um, verse 2, Satan had been cast down to the earth. He saw darkness. But what's the next words that he said? He didn't go, man, it's dark in here. Man, I can't believe it's darkness and this void ain't nothing here. What's the next thing that came out of his mouth? Creative power. God said, let there be light. And there was light. So when he, so he saw darkness, but what did he speak? He spoke something, he saw what existed in the earth. He spoke something that didn't exist from the heaven realm. So he created. Every time something was missing, it prompted him to create, right? So, 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 so to, to change some things, right? So keep that in mind. So he made us in that image and after his likeness, right? To be creative, like, and creative people uh, produce something new, something different. Right? And then um, uh, Isaiah 43, 19. Isaiah 43, 19. All right, so uh, Isaiah 43, 19. It says, behold, I will do what? A new thing, right? That's, that's creative. Now it shall what? Spring forth. 
Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So he says, if there's wilderness, I'm going to create a way where it looks like there is no way. Right? So I'm creating stuff. Even though I see wilderness, I'm going to create. Look, rivers in the desert. It looks dry. It looks like a drought. But I'm actually going to create something out of nothing. Look, impossibilities, impossibilities. Right? Impossibilities and possibilities. So God is trying to do what hasn't been done. He wants to use us to manifest the new, right? See, what he did was, and he, let's go to Mark 10, Mark chapter 10. God engineered us with impossibilities inside of us. He engineered us with impossibilities inside of us. So, uh, I said, Mark 10. Uh, verse 27 it says and Jesus looking upon them and said with men it is impossible but not with God with God all things are possible even though it looks impossible if we're with God all things are possible right all right so 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 God is trying to do some so so he engineered us with impossibilities inside we rarely tap into the impossibilities because they're uncertain and I think we trust more in limits and what we can control and possibilities isn't something that we can control. So like you're dealing with a situation and you're like, I can't see, remember, a wonder. I can't see how that's possible. <laughs> but God is saying, with me, you'll see how it's possible. It seems like an impossibility, but with me, you'll see how it's possible. Like you, uh, you gave me the thing, I, I was in a meeting, but you gave me the thing with the oil uh, coming out of the Bible. And they gave the oil to somebody and they healed them. Well, that, you know, when you, you try to wrap your mind around that, you'd be like, well, that seems impossible. I wonder how that's possible, right? But with God, all things are possible. And this is the challenge when the devil is trying to separate us from God because he's trying to separate us from, the, from seeing how it's possible. Because if, if I don't see it's possible, Minister Sammy, I'm making decisions as if it's impossible. I'm making more safe decisions, a net because I may fall, right? But if I see beyond what I can see, I'm making decisions different, right? All right, so, so, so God wants us to be new. Again, he's trying to shift us into being uh, impossible people, new in relationships with him, new in, in teaching, new as students, new in our jobs. He's just trying to create a lot of newness in our life because remember, if you stay at that same level too long, all you can do, you're going to feel weight, you're going to feel stale, you're going to feel depressed, right? You know, it's, it's, it's going to have an effect on you. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting diff different results, right? It's going to start to weigh you down. But you're going to tell yourself, it's different this time. You're doing the same thing, but you, you, you just created a new narrative. Same actions, just a new description of the action. That's not change. That's the same thing. And But you t you've told yourself, it's different. Well, at this particular time, see what happened was, no, 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 it's, we have to embrace reality. You know, you have to, you know, we can't keep spinning it, you know, so, all right, because we don't want to stay stuck. All right, so let's go 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4. 
Again, we're talking about another man or another male and female, and we'll see what God in the next couple of weeks, I think I only got a couple of weeks to teach this before November hits and some other stuff has to happen. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. It says, uh, for which cause we faint not, don't give up. But though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. It's saying that we're, 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 God is creating something new in us day by day. It, it, you know, we were talking about this when we was at the studio. Like, like your skin is always changing. God has designed you to change. Now, if, if, if you're looking for results that haven't changed, that's you, st- you keep feeding it the old stuff instead of the new stuff. But, but your skin is constantly changing. All types of stuff in your body is cells are being renewed every day. See, he said God is already showing you he's all about renewing. Uh, my wife was sharing this at the, at the, uh, at the uh, when we was at the studio. Uh, she, uh, she studies out. Like your heart, every seven days, it shifts. Yeah, it resets itself. It just, just changes. It. it completes the cycle, and then it, it, it shifts again. Right, so God has designed us to be that way. We weigh down our 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 design of of being renewed every day. We weigh it down with sameness, and so now you start to everything starts to dysfunction because it's not harmonizing. Everything is trying to do something new, learn something new, change something, and be something new. But then we try to do sameness, and then so now you got your inside working against your outside. And some people, they lose their minds. It's, it's, uh, it's an imbalance because now it's not in harmony. Everything was designed to keep evolving. You ever see, you ever see kids? Kids are always changing. They're, man, I know last week they was thinking this. This way he's thinking that. You know, growth, facial expressions, how they look at things. Yeah, that's why I always tell young people, don't commit to a relationship now. Next year, you, you're going to see different. So now you're like, yeah, that was, that was good for that year, but now I'm interested over here. Now, you don't hurt somebody's feelings all because you don't realize you're constantly evolving. You can't make permanent decisions for new interests. Not when you're young. You're always evolving, right? Okay. All right, so I thought I slipped that in there for the young folk. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Uh, no, 16, I read that, right? 17. For our light affliction is but for a moment in time worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. It says, while we look not on the things that are seen, remember we said the earthly is, is, is some temporary stuff, is stuff that's possible. It says, but that's temporary. What you see is, is, is temporal, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So the things, the impossibilities, have more of an impact than the possibilities. What you see that's possible is subject to change. But we lean on that more because I can see it. The impossibilities, what seems to be uncertain, is more, has more of an everlasting impact, right? All right, all right, so, 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 all right, so let's go to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Again, so we say that, again, to get something that's different, for God to keep things evolving, we got to keep our inside harmonizing with the outside. Keep our, in, our inside is changing all the time. God, look, you can't control it. If you can see it, you probably stop it. 
If you can see your heart always changing, you're like, but I like the way it is. You probably stop it from changing. You probably stop your, if you can have your hands on your skin cells, you probably stop them from constantly dying and renewing, right? Over and over and over. If you, ha if you could see it and was watching the process, you were getting away. You, you can't see it. So it does it without your permission. But the things that have your permission, your choices, your decisions, your, your, your education, your maturity, your growing in the Lord, you do have control over that. And look at what we do. We'll stay stuck in the same pattern over and over and over. Like, if you didn't have any control over relationships, they will constantly evolve. Because they're designed to. And we talk all the time. She says, baby, you don't like that. I said, babe, you know, that's like eight years ago. I've been done change that focus because I'm constantly evolving. I don't even work out like I've always worked out. Like I had certain things I did. I don't do the same things I do all the time. I'm constantly trying to learn different things, core work. Uh, uh, I might be jumping higher than I used to jump before. You know, jumping and different things like that, doing different jump boxes and stuff like that. I'm adding like stuff to make it higher. You know, just, do, just trying to challenge myself to do different things. Right? Because I'm constantly learning how to study. I, I studied a certain way, then I'll change that up, then I'll change how much I read, then I'll change that up, then I'll ch I keep changing it up because God's always trying to do something new. I'm constantly trying to challenge myself, put myself in an uncomfortable situation where I need God. Get myself around somebody where they go, well, no, you might want to do it like that because I don't know how to do it. We had a meeting today uh, uh, for uh, a building meeting. I ain't know everything in the room, so what I knew, I shared. What I didn't know, I deferred. Well, I asked this person. I don't know. Well, what do you think? What's your recommendation? But that's how you grow, right? Right? Okay, all right, all right, good, good, good. Again, all right, so where did I tell you to go? All right, so Matthew 5, verse 8. And again, this talks about, this is Beatitudes. It talks about being blessed. And remember, we were saying we've been talking about being blessed on um, Sundays. But this, this talks about those that are blessed, how they look and what's the impact. But verse 8 is what we're going to focus on here. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, not in head, not in conversation, in heart. This is what they shall see God. That's all I wanted to read. Because, see, this is the thing. For us to experience God's impact, we got to see him. You can't see him if you have all this corrupted stuff in your heart. Um, I was talking to somebody today. They 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 have a uh, they have something clogged in a in an artery that's affecting the blood to flow to their heart. Well, some of us have things that we carrying around that's affecting God's flow to our lives. Yeah, they call it plaque. You know, just like you have plaque in your teeth, they call it plaque. You know, it, it cholesterol, whatever you want to call it. But we have spiritual plaque. That's stopping us. Sometimes it's our intellect. Sometimes it's our experience. Sometimes it's our tradition. Most of the time, it's ourself. You, God's telling you what to do, but you'll hold on to, you sticking to your guns. You sticking to your guns. Like God just told you, it was ministered to you, and you walk away and go, I'm doing this. And it's, it's, it's stopping God's blessings and everything to flow into you because God's trying to change you into another man. Remember, he said, in the last days, they're going to come to me and say, we cast out demons in your name, heal the sick, raise the dead. He says, depart from me. I don't know you. You work of inequity. 
I designed something that by now should have evolved into this. I designed this caterpillar, put them in the earthworm, by now they should be a butterfly. But you're not the butterfly I designed. You just walking around thinking you sweet because you're the best caterpillar on the tree. But I don't want you to be the best caterpillar on the tree. I want you to fly and see the world. You got to keep evolving, though. You got to press through that cocoon. You got to squeeze through, even though you may be the big caterpillar on campus. You may have the accolades of back in the day. Listen, I was the top prayer. I was the top lay hands on her. I was the top evangelist. God don't care. God's saying, I'm renewing you day by day. Have you embraced what I'm trying to do with you now? You're so busy uh, uh, amplifying what you did. Are you embracing what I'm trying to do with you now? Because I'm trying to create another man or woman, right? All right, so bless all the pure heart as you see God. So we went through Genesis. Uh, uh, Psalm 139. Well, no, I'll just, you don't have to go there because I, I, I got to get to some other stuff. But Psalm 139, 14, it says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. We've talked about that scripture a lot here. And so, like, again, when we talked about wonders, wondering how is that possible? So we're designed with the ability to manifest new wonders day by day, week by week, month by month, fearfully and wonderfully full of wonders. We've been, we have built in wonders on the inside of us that on the inside, remember the inside, we want the outside to harmonize the inside. Or look, the outside to make way for what's on the inside. Right? We have a treasure hidden in the earthen vessel. We don't need it hidden. We need it manifested. And that treasure is wonders that's supposed to be changing on the outside. Like every, every day should be like, I wonder how is that possible that he's doing that at that age? I wonder if it's possible how she's doing that. I wonder how it's possible. So we should be manifesting God's wonders. See, people should see us and go, well, now that's who God's blessed. All I know is God's all over. But see, when we're in our own head and on our own mind and in our own limits and we don't believe, all we're going to manifest is what we can control, not what God wants to pour out. And you can't control God's blessing. It's not designed for you to control. It's designed for you to float with and to yield to, right? All right, so... so See, this is the thing. We said, Jesus, blesses the man that's pure in heart, he shall see God. Creativity, because this is what we're talking about. That new person is somebody that's, been, that's, that's being created or manifesting something that has never been seen, right? That has not been seen. And the thing is, so, so we have to maintain our design. Our design is God created us his image after his likeness. God's a creator, not a perverter, not, not a mimicker. He's a creator, so we're creators, we should be creating, you know, not just copying, right? So the thing is, the only thing that stops creativity is, uh, is uh, I had a thought here, is when you lose sight. If you lose the ability to see, the scripture says, you cannot see afar off in First Peter. It's not talking about what you see in front of your face. It's saying you've lost the ability to see afar off. And it talks about, to uh, take it on a character things, you know, uh, righteousness and, and character and stuff like that. And it says, those that lack these things, it says in 1 Peter, cannot see afar off. They've lost the ability to see ahead, so they're hopeless in, in today because they can't see tomorrow. 
They can't say like they've lost sight of tomorrow. So all their decision is based on what's happened to them or what's happening as opposed to making decisions based on what's going to happen. But they can't see what's going to happen because they're not pure in heart, so they can't see a far off. So now they're not going to create or let God manifest something new day by day, which is what his design is. They're just going to base stuff based on limits or based on their intellect, their experience, and their traditions, which is the wrong sources of authority. The word should be our true source of authority. If the Holy Spirit is showing us things to come, why would we need the Holy Spirit to show us things to come? Obviously, we can't see the things to come ourselves, and we're making decisions based on the past. That's why Paul said, I forget the things that are behind me and press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, Philippians 3. Look, he didn't say, I forget the bad things. Read the scripture. He didn't say bad things or good. He said, I forget all things. He says, I count them all as lost or dumb for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, the creative power that's trying to create something new in my life. But what, what's frustrating you? What has frustrated you? What's depressed you? What's for, it, it, ain't, it ain't what's going to happen. I can tell you that right now. It's what has happened. We're so stuck in, the, this, that scripture says, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, we read it, the light affliction is but for a moment of time. We're taking that moment, putting it in our back pocket, and we carried it from that moment to that next day. And then the next day. We're just carrying that thing around with us. As opposed to moving out of the moment into what God has for us. I can't believe they did that. I mean, I've seen people frustrated, get into a new relationship, and then you find out, you know, you get the history, you get the, the download of the, the other relationship. So we get together, and she give me the download of her other relationship, I give her the download, and then let's say she's bothered. Well, I can't believe you was even interested in her. What does that have to do with anything? I could have been uh, boo-boo the fool, or maybe obviously I was, but I'm with you. I, I woke up. I can see. <laughs> Who cares what has happened? Why are we stuck in what has happened? See, we're not looking forward. We're looking behind. And we're looking at behind with only on speculation because you weren't there. I can't, ever since that, that one church did that to me, man, I've never been the same. Key point, that one church. There's millions of churches. But look, it's what has happened, not looking forward. That's the devil's job, to get you to look back. Look, he that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Because they can't even see the kingdom. That's, that's the Bible. That's not my opinion. See, see, because it says when you're plowing back then and you took your hand off to look back, you, you, you're not on the path now. And now your crops, can, can, you can plow zigzag. The crops will grow on top of each other and kill each other. But if you keep that line rolling, everybody stays in their lane, they can grow together. All right, so anyway, a little agriculture there. All right, so, 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 so again, we, you know, remember we, we did the message diamond in the rough. That means you see something rough, but within that rough, there's a diamond. You carve out all that stuff off it, there's something brilliant. Diamonds don't come out looking good. Just like we haven't come out. But suppose somebody go, well, this ain't no diamond. No, 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 there's, there's a process. Something got to be laid aside. Something has to be shed. Something has to be cut off for you to see the brilliance of that diamond. Right? So, 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 or, or a sculpture in a stone. If you just look at it for the surface, you, it's a stone. 
That's the, that's, the, that's the messed up mind with a realist. A realist sometimes is not creative. They can't see beyond, is a, a stone, is a stone, is a stone. Yeah, but how did the other guy see the sculpture? I mean, how did they cut those? Look, you wonder, how is that possible? How is it possible for somebody to take a stone and carve out a man? How did he even do it? How did he even know that carving was going to create that eye, or that leg, or that hand? Right? He had to see beyond what you see. When I do art, I just see stuff. The Lord will have a message, and I'll say, you know, and I'll just, I start meditating, and the Lord is give me a picture. And then I go to work, and I start creating it. I see it. But, look, I started creating it. I created something that didn't exist. He gave me another man, and I just started seeing the presence of God falling down on a man and woman. And I just started creating it. I just started just creating it. And then I'm like, the, the, I, I'll see if, like, I can't, can't be a, just any font. It has to be, well, Lord, what's the font for this? And so I had to create it. I didn't, I didn't see that somewhere. That's created font. The, 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 the bottom is called noise where it looks like it's, it's, it's uh, disintegrating. It's a thing called noise where you can, you can, um, you can lighten it and, and make it disintegrate. There's a bunch of people in there in that cloud. Right? God did. See, again, he, he gives a picture. But suppose all I could see was ever existed. Then I'll go online, look at everybody's art, and then I'll just put a title on it. I'll just copy what somebody did and put a title on it. I don't be doing that. I just want to see how far he can go. And then when he creates something, I go, okay, well, you know, especially if I find a font, I'm like, this is not, I could use this again. But then I try to use it for something. He said, no, we ain't doing that. We're creating something else. That doesn't go with that. And I just keep placing a demand on the creativity of God until I run out, like pouring the oil. I just keep going, like, like okay, and when you run out of creativity, I, I, I'll start reproducing this stuff. Same thing with the word. You run out of stuff, I start, as opposed to just mimicking what's already been done. Actually, it don't even come out the same way when you do it. Because it's not, it's not rhema revelation from the presence of God. It's just something that inspires you that you're repeating. And, you, and you, you're all hyped up thinking it's having the same impact. Everybody's just hyped up too until they leave. But it didn't penetrate them the same way because it wasn't creative. And, 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 and it was communicated out of fear. You didn't trust that God would give you something new. All right? All right, so just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. That's, that's, that's not me putting no one down. I just want to say, see, we got to stop mimicking. Too lazy to discover. We got to stop manipulating, reacting to change with fear and control. We got to return to manifesting. That's releasing God's creativity within us. One, we got to stop mimicking, being too lazy to discover what I've gone through and what I've experienced is all there is. What I see as a path to my dream is the only path that exists. What I see as the path to my dream is the only path that exists. So when that path doesn't work out, I'm done. Because this had to be the only path. 
No, no, I'm too lazy to discover a new one. A reroute. A detour. And so now I'm going to stop and blame everybody because my path didn't work out the way I thought it was. And God has a million ways to get you to what he has planned for you. And he wants to see, are you going to tap into your creativity? Are you going to start now to believe? You've shown that you can control, but you haven't shown that you can believe. And it takes believing to experience what I have for you. Right? That's why we hustle. That's why we're so ambitious. That's why we jockey for position. Because we don't believe. And we don't believe besides our control, we can experience what we desire. So we have to stop manipulating. And see, when change hits us, fear and control will have us try to manipulate around the change. When change hits you hard, because change is uncomfortable. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you know, especially if you've worked hard, change is very uncomfortable. And it tempts you to start manipulating and trying to control your way out of it. It's got to be another hustle. It's got to be another angle. Anything but dealing with the excruciating pain of, of, of labor. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. We got to stop doing that. We got to stop doing that because God's trying to change us into something. He's trying to evolve us. And so we got to return to manifest and releasing God's creativity within. We have this treasure hidden in the earthen vessel. God's trying to get it out. He's trying to get it out. You know what we're doing? We're searching. This, this is what, why we're so thirsty. We're searching for a life that hasn't been there before. That's, that's what we're doing. We're searching for a life that hasn't been there before. Something that's impossible. Something that I wonder how this ever took place. Like, you, you, know, you ever, like, feel, some of y'all right now, some of y'all, for the last few months, you ever feel just funky, like, it's got to be more to it than this. You know what you're looking for? Something that's never existed before in your life or anybody's around you that only God wants to do through you. But the only way you're going to see it is through God. And the only way you can see God is through a pure heart. You can't see it through lust. You can't see it through anger and unforgiveness. That, that's restricting the flow. <laughs> right? That's that, that's that spiritual plaque. And you know, you know how our minds operate, our mind op operate, like that's the truth I just shared. Now some people are experiencing that truth, but the way your body operates, it's a knee-jerk reaction. It'll shut down receiving any more truth because it got to flow. It knows it has to let go. And it's, 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 it's a, and some, some, some of our unforgiveness, some of our, uh, our fears, some of our, uh, Hopelessness, it's like drinking a baby's bottle. We're still on the Bible. The Bible says get, get, get past the sincere milk. Milk. Some of us is like, they got to have, you ever know like the, the doctor tell you, you go to the doctor and they says, well, you know, uh, you have high cholesterol. You need to stay off that uh, cheese and butter or whatever. But your appetite doesn't agree, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know people that's having liver problems. They say, oh, listen, this is a problem, but you can stop it. Just stop drinking. And when, what do they do? They go drink. People with lung problems, tell them to stop smoking. Well, just one cigarette ain't going to hurt. Really? You have to go to the hospital. <laughs> when is, did the doctor say, hey, stop smoking, but one cigarette is okay? No. He said, you better, if you stop, you'll be fine. But your appetite, your flesh, 
your natural man, your limit says, hey, let's get this temporary pleasure. We don't need fulfillment. God will tell you to stop lust. And you go, well, a little bit of lust ain't going to hurt. A little blindness ain't going to help. No, it stops you from seeing afar off. Why won't it hurt? It stops you from seeing, believing. You can't believe what you can't see. But we'll, we'll, we, we're amazing. We come up with rationale that's never been heard before to excuse, some, excuse ourselves from doing something that's never been done before. We come up with rationale that's never been heard before to excuse. Look, we're using our creative power to excuse ourselves from creating. That makes no sense. You're pulling on all types of defenses to excuse staying in limits. I said you, but that's what we do. As opposed, like, we'll break somebody down when they're trying to help us to evolve. Why don't you use the same energy that you're using to defend yourself to manifest, to evolve, to be changed into another man, all right? Uh, so, so let's, what did I give you? Give you that, give you that, give you, give you that. I said, we're searching for a life that hasn't been there before. We're trying to speak life into darkness, into this cloud. And I know some of this stuff takes creative patience, but God made us, and I'm going to emphasize that, some of this stuff takes creative patience. Creativity takes patience. You know, when I, you know, when I was young, I was, you know, my art, I drew just drawing pen, paper, you know, just, you know, little superheroes, Spider-Man and Flash and all that. You know, just like this. And I did this for a reason like this. So I go to college and I said, I minded in art and they taught me how to, you know, draw people with your arms and stuff like that. I drew myself, right? You know, just, you know, just, just taught me stuff. But I remember I used to draw and I finished everything I drew that day. Maybe in a few hours. Then one day I, I wanted to draw like a, uh, I called it a mural. I was, I'm a kid, now, trust me. I'm like, I don't know, I might have been 10 or 12. But I wanted to draw, I called it a mural, but it wasn't a mural. It was just like a poster of superheroes. But I had never drew anything that took longer than a day. And it challenged me. I was like, man, I can't finish this today. And then it hit me. Why can't you come back tomorrow? Now, now, now it might sound simple to you before a, a, a kid that everything has to be microwave, that's, you're like, you're like, you don't think it's possible. Like, I gotta delay this? I gotta delay what I want manifested. But I rem that, trying to do that taught me it's okay to do it in a process. It taught me creative patience. Now, y'all think I'm talking about the little post I was drawing. I'm talking about our lives. Like, it's, it, it, it's extremes. If it, if it can't happen now, as far as I'm concerned, it's not going to happen. Well, why can't we just be creatively patient and let it evolve? Right? God is creatively patient with us. Like, God puts us in a place. He, he's allowed, he, he allows us to birth, right? But then he allows us to go through the process. Look, Jesus was a carpenter. He went through persecution and abuse, the whole time God, creatively patient, knows that I'm creating a work of art here. Something, someone that will have all power, that will do miracles, do stuff that has never been seen before, walk on water, heal, 
thousands. Feed thousands. Slap, slap clay in somebody's eyes and they'd be healed. So he was patiently allowing Jesus to go through a process knowing the whole time, if, man, I, I, need, I, need, I need Jesus operating in this earth realm. Creative patience. We have that on the inside of us. The ability to let things evolve. That's why, you know, you know I, I share this with uh, the people that have allowed me to, to, to train them. Like, to take, when I say take your hands off of it, not, not from the standpoint of, uh, I think about, I always use the example of uh, Anakin Skywalker. You know, we've always heard of Luke Skywalker, but Darth Vader used to be Anakin Skywalker. And he was tempted to go over to the dark side. And he was like, he said, y'all holding me back. But they weren't holding him back. They were preparing him for greatness. But because he couldn't see afar off, y'all just jealous. Jealous for what you to do what you have to do. You need this information. You see what I'm saying? But it's hard to see. See, if you see where you're going, you go, oh, I'm going to need all this to be able to handle that. That's how I've been. So so even if it's if, if it's, like she'll, she'll tell you, uh, this stuff that I, this stuff I've done, other people's getting credit for. I was like, whatever, because I trust what God has for me. Nobody can take. Like there's no competition. I, I'm an empowerer because I'm not insecure. That like, can't nobody do what Keith do, but I can't do what Robert does. Guess what? I'm not trying. <laughs> Let Robert do what Robert does. I'm going to learn from Robert. I'm going to utilize. Uh, Robert shares some stuff that I've shared behind the pulpit. Minister Sammy shares some stuff I share behind the pulpit. So I'm a, obviously I'm paying attention. Trina shares some stuff I share behind the pulpit. But I'm not worried about, like, anybody replacing me. I'm not worried about that in my marriage. Can't nobody be Keith to Melanie. I know this. People could try. I'd be picking with her. She sometimes, you know, we're off schedule. She so goes to the gym by herself. They be holding more conversation with her when they, than when I'm there. I was like, oh, they awfully friendly now, huh? But I'm not worried about it. They, they can't be me. I've been to the gym. One guy from New Jersey talking to her. I doing my workout. I wasn't like, what y'all talking about? What'd he say? Now, I want to know exactly what he said, and I want to know it right now. No, I'm not rolling like that. Why? He can't be Keith. And you got to know that. You got to know you're uniquely designed. See, not, I didn't say Keith was sweeter than nobody. But guess what? I know nobody can be Keith. There's no competition for me. I know that. Now, if I try to be like Minister Sammy, I'm going to lose. Because he's a better Minister Sammy than me. <laughs> like, you know why? Because that's who he is. I'm trying to be him. You see what I'm saying? All right, so, 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 keep, keep just, okay. Let's <laughs> just stay, stay. All right, so God has creative patiently, creative patience. And this is, this is the thing about faithfulness. Faithfulness is not a punishment. See, yeah, see, oh, man, I, I've had such a week, and my weeks are stretched because I see people that get it. I see you know, I, I, you know I, I, I went through a period. I told you I keep learning. I do, so I went through a season. I ain't watching no uh, Christian TV at all. 
It was rarely Christian TV that was worth watching. Um, but you know, I you know again, some people on this particular that's that's invited out to this particular ministry. You know, you, it may be controversial, may not be, but overall, like I, I just like the Hillsong spirit. But I'm gonna tell you what I really like. Man, you can say what you want. They got vision. I, I, when I say vision, the vision is they in Australia. It's Hillsong, New York. It's Hillsong, San Francisco. It's Hillsong. They got vision. And they empower. Like, I love stuff like that, right? So I, so I like, and I like the creativity. Like, I just, I just, I just look. But, but I'm going to tell you what I really, really like. I like the agreement. They ain't doing that by themselves. Their family is doing it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm skipping. <laughs> I'm getting ahead. <laughs> I'm getting ahead. All right, so, so, see, the difficulty is, is we've never maintained our faithfulness or accountability. Um, well, I'm going to read it the way God said it. Uh, the, difficulty, the difficulty is most men and women have never truly been in, in an accountable relationship where they have committed to be faithful in another man's, that means faithful until you come into your total transformation into another man's. Most people haven't stuck long enough to transform. The Bible says, you faithful in another man's, God will give you your own. But most people have not been consistently accountable, consistently faithful, because they get to this place where they got their own swag. Well, you know, I have experience for such a, with all due respect, with all due respect, don't nobody really care. People don't really care about what you've done. They weren't there. They care about what you're doing. I'm just being honest, right? And then, imagine if I told you I used to be faithful and I used to be real accountable. I'm a pastor now. I'm, pa I'm leading y'all. But I'm not faithful and accountable no more. I, I've already, you know, I've been faithful and accountable for 25 years. It's over? It's done? Have I stopped evolving? No, I don't get a break on being faithful and accountable or being submissive. There's people I talk to, I have to be accountable to them. They can challenge me. But I watch, in, in going back to Hillsong, I watch the environment. I watch the accountability, I watch the faithfulness, and I watch how people get together, build something, it's phenomenal, and out of that is dispersed fruit that builds something that's phenomenal and disperse fruits. Most people don't even hang around long enough to see that happen because they're so busy doing their own thing. That's why people don't change into another man. Saul was thinking about somebody else's uh, 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 sheep or whatever. He goes out being faithful in somebody else. Man, I can't just let the sheep go out there. Then he had a reverence for the man of God. He says, I'm going to go to the man of God. He says, but I don't want to go to the man of God without an offering to him. He goes to the man of God and the man of God starts prophesying over him. But suppose he was like, listen, dude, 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 I'm already anointed. I'm already a solid dude. Like, I don't really need this. I know already. I'm a prophet. No, no, no. He received for me, said, listen, you go here, you do this, you're going to be around the prophets. He says, you'll prophesy with who? With them. Not by yourself. You ain't going to be in your crib by yourself, sitting in, in your prayer closet. He said, no, you're going to get around some folk, prophesy with them. 
There's going to be an agreement. My presence will show up. You're going to be changed into another man. There's a level of responsibility and accountability he had to have, right? There's a level of responsibility he had to have. So we have to confront conforming. Or we can call it confirmation. That our present self stay faithful until transformation. That's our future design. Because God is constantly trying to evolve us. He's trying to evolve us. I'll give you a, because we got to jump off here. So I'll give you a 1 Samuel 10. Let's go to 1 Samuel 10. So, so, you know, here at church, like, we, God has given us advanced information. We've said that, right? And sometimes we're locked in, sometimes we're paying attention, and sometimes we're not. And the reason why I discover that is because people are getting into situations, and the first thing that click in my mind is, well, God already gave you the information for that. And so I'm assuming Gerard, the person, has the information already. Maybe they tried it, it didn't work. But they were in the house. God gave the information but either the next thing they were going to do that day, what they was going to do later that day, the meal that they was going to have that evening, uh, the joke they wanted to tell was more important in that moment than what God was saying. And they didn't understand. God was giving them information that he knew they was going to need down the road. And so imagine God gives you the information, you get into a crisis, and you're going, well, so you come to us, uh, you know, we just need some information out of this. And I'm telling you, so not, not because we are better than nobody, we're we actually listening. So, like, man, like, they didn't hear that? And some of y'all been around where I was like, so were you at such and such sermon? I thought I saw you there. I talked to somebody recently, gave them a breakdown of some information, and I'm like, but this is, this is what God already talked about. He probably must have already knew this was coming. They were in the house, but they wasn't present. God's trying to change us into another man. We're in the house, but sometimes we're not present. Sometimes we might hear stuff and go, man, that's some good information. Glad I'm, you know, I'm handling my business. That don't have nothing to do with me. Oh, I know that revelation from back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I taught that one time before. That's not why God's talking. To validate what you already know, to validate if you need it or not. God is talking because you're going to need the information, every one of us. But sometimes we're casual, or as the scripture says, we make light of it. That's what the Bible says. God has a feast. It said they made light of it. And so we got to make sure that we're not making light of these things because. We may miss the train. First, first, first Samuel 10, uh, 5 through 8. First Samuel 10, 5 through 8. And this is the, so the story I gave you of Saul. And we told you that he, uh, you know, he was out trying to take care of uh, somebody, being faithful in, in another man's. But verse 5, it says, After that thou shalt come to the hill of God. And this is the man of God talking to him. Where a garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, thou shalt meet a company of prophets. So he wouldn't be by himself. Coming down from a high place 
with the psaltery and the tabernacle and the pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. So, so they'll be in an atmosphere of worship, right? It says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, look, and shall be turned into another man. And it says, and let it be when these signs are come unto thee that thou shalt do as occasion to serve thee, for God is with thee. And so, 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 do I want to give you that? Verse 9. It says, and it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. So God's trying to change us into another man, and he's trying to, to keep us in a company of, when it says prophesying, God speaking through people. Keep us in an atmosphere of God speaking and praying and talking. That's why he says, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together, because as he changes into another man, he changes the world into other people. And we can't do this as individuals. We have to do this collectively. Um, which we'll get into more next week. So we have to watch. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone for a reason. John, I mean, Genesis 2.18. Because God has set it up. We talked about this Sunday. God has set it up where everybody needs each other. But it's something in our mind that tells us, see, Moses. Moses was called to deliver the people of Israel. So that's in him. Uh, what Jeremiah says, I knew you were a prophet even when you was in your mother's womb. So Jeremiah was a prophet before he was a prophet. So as soon as he was birthed, what was in him was to be a prophet. So there's a temptation. I think me and you was talking about this. There's a temptation to put out, to, to reach out and to, to try to control it ourselves. So Moses sees somebody, what, uh, one of his brothers, one of the Hebrews hurting, and he went to deliver him. But God wasn't... That's a million people. So he's going to just go around and try to deliver a million people, what, every, what, every hour? No, God was designed him to be a deliverer, but not to one person at a time. So God was trying to prepare him, which he had to go on a mountain. He had to go on a mountain and experience the presence of God. He had to be changed into another man. When he went up on that mountain, he came back. His countenance was so strong, it intimidated everybody. Like, they, they didn't even see him. Now, I know in the movie, he went up, and he came back, and all his hair was white and stuff like that. You know, they were trying to depict it the best way they could, but the presence of God was on him. He was changed into another man, and now he led a people, a nation, out of bondage, not one person at a time. See, so God is trying to convert us. You know, as the Bible says, when you're converted, go strengthen your brother. He's trying to convert us into another man, but he needs us to embrace what he has planned. And he's, he's putting us in an atmosphere where his presence can pour so he can change us. Because we're tired of what we're dealing with. God's saying, hey, I get it. I know you're tired. Come to me. All you heavy laden. I'll give you rest. My yoga is easy, my burden is light. Come, come to me, come back into my body, into my family, into my foe, into my uh, atmosphere of prophecy. And that's just not somebody going, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, I believe the Lord is saying, no, we're not talking about that. 
We're talking about unctions of God speaking. The person is independent of that. They don't even really know God even used them because it's not about them. It's about what God is trying to say to his people. There's no I at involved at all. It's all about him. And that's what God is trying to do. He's trying to change us into other people. Because if you stay the way you've been, you're going to get what you had. If you want something different, you're going to have to be something different. If you want something different, you're going to have to be something different. Now, let your stubbornness or your pride or your, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, what would you say, stubbornness and pride. Let it, let it, let it uh, control you from evolving and see what happens. And what God is trying to do is get us beyond that. You know what I'm saying? He's trying, all of us, I mean, the message is, is for the, all of us. He's trying to get us beyond. Listen, I'm trying to let God change me. You know, every year I'm trying to let change me more and more. Help me see more and more. Help me adjust more and more. You know, there was a time that girl couldn't open her mouth. <laughs> say, what you got to say? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, but I, I'm, I'm trying to, well, well, well what's, your, what's your insight on that? What's your angle on that? There's stuff I used to address everything because I was so fearful that if I didn't fix it, <laughs> you know, oh, well, baby, you better watch it. Hey, don't say that. Hey, hope, hope, wait. No, I'm like, I don't have to correct everything. I don't have to fix everything.